Welcome to Season 1, Episode 5 of the Modeling and Power Narratives Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jordan Flowers. I'm Trey Mosley. I'm Jacob Hale. And we have reached the season finale for uh, Season 1. Um, happy Black History Month. We want to start by this. We, this will be dropping, what, we want to say the first week of February, right? Right. First yeah. week of February. So we wanted to, this was an important episode for us to do because of uh, a lot of things in our lives has affected us with it being African-American. So, you know, we've made so many improvements over the couple uh, last couple of years, but we have so much to to strive for. And uh, uh, I'll pan to you, Hell, if you want to say a little bit of a little spill on black history. Yeah. What it means um, to you. Yeah, this is, again, very important to us. Uh, if you check our Instagram page or know anything about us, you'll definitely realize that we're all African-American. And this is something that we all go through in our lives, being African-American and being involved, you know, yeah, the trials and tribulations and everything like that. So um, we're definitely going to take some good time and discuss this today. It's a great topic. It's something that we all know very well. And uh, the hope is is that we'll bring something very unique and different and a different way of thinking to the table right, on it. Right. right, and like how you were saying, we just really, we want to bring a different perspective from like young black men in the community, like just a whole different perspective that maybe most people haven't even thought of and thought about. Or even acknowledged. This. Exactly. Right. So, well, we, you know, like I said, we've made so many improvements, but this conversation is going to focus internally, like, for the most part. And so, without further ado, let's get into the topic. Associating intelligence with race. And I think we have all know what this entails, right? So, I'm going to let you lead off hell um, with a little monologue about what this topic means and why we're speaking about it and how we move forward from here. Yeah, so, um, as you can tell, uh, or maybe you don't tell, but... Uh, we're all educated people. Um, if we're not already graduated from college, you know, we're well on our way into it. Some people are getting more degrees on this table right now. And uh, it's important because, you know, again, going through that, there's definitely a big contrast between the black community and other communities, our perception of intelligence and how we treat intellectual people within our own race and then within other races and things of that nature so just to bring out the disclaimer first and foremost make sure that we're all on the same page with this a lot of the conversations that I have about race tend to go towards the external right and blame and stuff right and it's valid it is valid you know i'm not one of those people to say that it didn't exist or it didn't happen the only issue i've ever had is that we blame so much on the external, which is fair, and it is a real thing, and I do believe in it, but at the same time, we need to think and work just as hard on the internal. So, the external is going to be mentioned. We're going to talk about outside forces. You know, we may have, we may talk a little bit here and there, but our main focus for this it's episode what is... what you can do. Yeah, what we can do internally without outside help of what we can do to fix the situation the things around us and this is building on that self-growth that we talked about in the last episode just really looking internally and trying to take control of your destiny take control of your faith things like that and and it it goes to say like you know and we've had this conversation off the air before um plenty of times right with especially with a topic like this is we can we, we give so much effort and time into the external things, right? A lot of things that we can't control is right in front of us, right? But we lack to see or put effort into that because of, you know, the low, I call it low-hanging fruit. But it's apparent because it's a force, right? The yeah. external forces are great on us. And when we talk about intelligence, there's a lot of external forces that we'll mention. But essentially, we don't help ourselves enough. And I see, I speak generally because this is not, you know, case by case, but mm-hmm. there's so much more that we can do within ourselves as a community, as the black community, to get away from this stigma when we talk about intelligence, right? And we have to do all that we can do to move forward in a way that intelligence isn't associated in the way that it is today, right? Right. So I'll, I'll let you go on, Hell, uh, about... When we, when we speak about intelligence and race and what that kind of means when we lead off with this conversation. Uh, so when we talk about intelligence and race, and there's there's different points that we'll have in it, but uh, we'll do, let's start with the basics here, all right? Let's talk about 
the state of the black community right now in terms of intelligence, right? So we're going to keep it broad. We're going to have multiple topics. We're going to go in on it, right? right. But we'll, we'll start broad. Um, you know, for the most part, there, there are goods, there are bad. So we'll talk about the pros is that, you know, the enrollment, the black enrollment is growing. You know, black women are some of the most educated. Some They're filling up college campuses, things of that nature. That is great. Those are things to praise. That is good. That is progress right there, right? Right, right. And, um, but at the same time, a lot of what you see, like, it's great, and you see it, and you see the little praises and everything, and all that's good, but there still is a negative undertone that is shown with intelligence. So, right. to start this off, I would just say, what are your current thoughts on... How does the black community view people learning? So this can be higher education. This can be intellectuals. Uh, this can be, you know, just nothing nothing in the realm of sports or anything of that nature. Just more of a traditional route. Right. So when we talk about intelligence, right, and we could define intelligence in a, def- in a different couple of ways, right? So especially in, in, in our culture, right, when you come from a predominantly black neighborhood or if you live in a predominantly black area, right? And which I lived and what you lived in, right? And there's street smart and there's book smart, right? And you can break that down into common sense or however you want to make that a thing, but it's a real thing, right? It's a real thing when you're growing up that street smart is, and book smart is a two separate Completely entities, different. right? And so I feel like the street smarts is kind of, you, you, it's imperative to getting out of situations, right? So when you live in in a predominantly black neighborhood that is, you know, you know, poorly invested in, right? When we talk about the government, so probably a higher crime rate. You have to have that street intelligence, and kind of like in a survival of the fittest, like kind of like mode right, that you have to be in, right? And that's something that you can't attain through school knowledge, right? That comes through experience. That comes through just learning how people move, learning how you can and cannot conduct yourself, you know, and what you need to stay away from. And I think that is an important element to have. I would never want that to go away because that's a part of me still. Like, Mm -hmm. even as I speak, right, when I go back to certain situations or I go to certain neighborhoods, I know how to conduct myself in a way which is not going to draw attention because that's not who I am. We could go on and further, like, uh, Sue Surf is one of my favorite rappers, and he talks about street essence. Like, you're born from the block. You're not a hood baby, but you're of street essence because you lived around it, right? And I think... That is an important thing to talk about. So let's pan over to, we talk about book smart, right? What we call, mm-hmm. quote unquote, book smart, right? And I think for the black community, I do think for the most part, we do praise it. But we praise it in a way that's like... Unorthodox. It, it's, it's kind of unorthodox, but like more so like, are you kind of doing your thing, right? And you're kind of proud. And I understand like, because the, the, all the hurdles that we have to jump over to reach or to have even got to this point to even be in the classroom and learn this stuff. And so when we talk about book smart, when we talk about that in our community, it's praise, but like not in a way, in a sense that we would praise an athlete, right? And I don't want to bring athletics in this, but like I said, that's kind of like a low-hanging fruit because that's the easiest way, the most attainable way to get out of bad situations, right? right? And But intelligence, book smart is... Bro, I had so many negative connotations towards it growing up until I actually got into it. And I understand how much it's, you know, helped me. And so I'll even go to you, Trey. Like, what is your, you know, your thoughts on the, the difference between book smart and what we would call, you know, street smarts in the black community? Well, I definitely think, like, in that community and then in your neighborhoods, like, it's all about, like, street smarts, like, knowing when to do. Like, you're always taught, like... <clears throat> Look both ways before you cross the road. That's the basic Common thing that everybody's right. talking about. And that's attributed to street smarts. And then you go even further talking about, like, always locking your doors, always, like, looking behind you, knowing what's your surroundings. Knowing your knowing, crowd, right? Exactly. And knowing, like, who you're around. And then you jump over to book smarts. And in the book smarts, I feel like it's almost, it's not negative. But then again, it's not, like, the number one praise thing, like, you can have a smart black kid, and then you can have an athletic black kid. You're going to know all about that athletic black kid, but you're not going to know all about that smart black kid. Right. And then that even goes for, like, just everybody in general. Like, it's we praise more on what you can do instead of 
how your brain works and how smart you are and those things that are leading you to get to your accomplishments. And I think also it goes into talking about um, a little bit about talking about tangible and intangible things. And it doesn't directly align with that. But when we talk about athletics, right, it's the easiest kind of way, even though it takes hard work to get that. But we talk about how much to investment that it takes to get and you know store up a knowledge but how do you display that right right how do i display that to somebody how do i, I show somebody come, that i'm smart right i could come to a basketball game and see you drop 30 that's easy within the eye i can see he's good mm-hmm. but how can i do that without interaction to see the intelligence that somebody may hold well it's a it's a loud minority that's really what it comes down to and from what i've observed obviously through in the community versus how other races do things. Black people in the black community is the only community to where the athletes, entertainers, that's that's our only like, looking uh, up to. Those are our only role models. That's that's And you're speaking in general terms, right? Yes, in general uh, okay. terms, right? So obviously there's there's still black intellects and things like that that you can name off and and that stuff. But we're talking about a loud minority. It's that Everyone's looking up to the athlete, entertainer, and stuff like that. And granted, they are in mainstream, but at the same time, usually in other races, while that is still mainstream for them, there's also a just as loud of the intellectual. So we'll go off with white people. You know, you have the athletes, the entertainers, you know, everyone knows, right? But on the other side, you know the investors. You know the big billionaires. The scientists, the, all of that. Yeah, the, the corporate people, the VPs. You know their names. You know the Elon Musk and things like that, right? And that's essentially what it is, is that we do a good job of praising our athletes, right? right. Granted, they deserve it. They've done a lot. They right. went through they a lot of adversity, right? But you need to be putting that same energy towards the, the intellectual kid because the as you'll find... A lot of that stuff with the rapping and the mainstream and stuff, it's all relative. It's going to end. But if you have true intellectuals that are in the market, in the game, they can change society around them, and that's for life. Right, you know, right. you're not always going to be able to shoot a ball, but you can always be smart. Right. You can always invent things. And so let's let's go dive deeper in this, and let's talk about the perception of intelligence, and let's get really personal about it. So I'll start off first. Growing up, one of the biggest issues I found, and a lot of people went through this, right, is that obviously we're pretty well versed at this point. We talk pretty well. That was seen as such a negative connotation growing up. So because I couldn't switch or I couldn't switch as well into more of how other people were talking, right? Right. That was seen as a bad thing. You know, it's the common phrase, you know, you're talking white, this is your white person voice, things like that, right? And what makes it so frustrating is that we're taking everything that's proper, everything that's good, and we're giving it to a different race. And basically saying that we can't even do that. Right. So, talking black has to do with poor grammar. Uh, Talking white has to do with correct Ebonics. Yeah, ebonics and things like that. And every culture is different. Every culture has their own little slangs and things like that. But right. the issue is, is that there's a difference between slang and ebonics and things like that, and just blatantly not having proper education, not having proper grammar skills and things of that nature. Right. And you the see the, to speak properly, and you see the result of it. You know, they're, they're great friends. You know that struggle in trying to make that transition to the real world, because in the real world, this stuff matters, and they can't write correct sentences. They can't create proper cover letters or resumes or things like that and even further along it, it makes it hard for them to convey what they're even talking about because they only know how to talk about it in a very specific way to a very specific group of people so then we got to talk about if, you, if you're going to bring that up we got to talk about the overwhelming systemic failure mm-hmm. right and we could talk about that which is that is an external factor and that's the biggest factor right and two you know what is that put into the black community because it's so much failure it's kind of like a it is what it is kind of you know this is how it's been and this is how it will always be type of mentality that we take to it so when we talk about my personal experience right i was fortunate enough where my mom like i said put me in a lot of sink or swim situations right and i mean she put me in a lot of situations where i had to deal with different groups of people growing up right i grew up in the hood in north omaha so i know how to conduct myself in a way that when i go back 
I'm well versed in how to, you know, behave and how to talk, right? I get it. I get it. I know that. But also, my mom was well known to like when you grow up, right? You're gonna have to know what we call code switching, right? And I've become well versed in it. I hate that I have to, but at this, essentially, it's it's you know it's it's essential when you grow up, when you get into the higher ups, when we talk about either corporate America or you get into a job that's not in the labor or athletic work, right? Right. And so there's hierarchy when we talk about structure. And there's a way that you have to go about certain things. And it's wrong, but you know what I'm saying? But it's a way that you have to go about things and you got to get within. And I say that because I went to a Catholic school, right? Right. And even though it was predominantly black, I had to conduct myself in a way which was, you know, very proper and structured, right? And it was different going back home. It wasn't like, it wasn't like that. And then I would go to another place and it was so many different crowds and I didn't understand what my mom was doing. I'm like, mom, I don't know. Like, you put me in different. Like, I'm like scatterbrain. Mm. But I saw what she what she was doing. Is when you soak up knowledge from all these places, right? I'm able at you know at 22 years old now at a you know flip of the dime to be able to go. Okay, I know how to code switch. I know where I'm. When I step into this room, how I gotta conduct myself, conducive. And I'm not saying to lose who I am or to sacrifice what I believe in because I don't ever believe in that, right? But I understand going in what I'm going into. Right, and so um, that code switching is definitely, I would say, relevant, and you can apply it in the black community. And, and I say, I, it hurts to say, but until we integrate or until we infiltrate enough to where this is widespread, more on like a intellectual level for all black people, right? Code switching is going to always be a part of it, right? It's going to always be a part of the culture when we talk about elevating until we get to that point. So. Right, and building on what you were saying, it's like. You shouldn't, in my opinion, I don't think you really need, you shouldn't have to have two voices. Like, we should get to a point to where your voice is just your voice. voice. Right. Right. You know, you shouldn't have to code switch. You shouldn't have to be like, okay, in this situation, I have to talk proper. In this situation, I have to think about what I'm going to say before I say it. In this situation, I can say anything. You, you, We should be get to a point to where it's so much emphasized that you should be smart. You should be one of those guys who knows how to conduct themselves at all times. Right. That you shouldn't have to have the two voices for each situation. Like, right. I understand having those two situations, but at the end of the day, we should get to a point to where we emphasize just being, like, having that knowledge and being able to have the proper grammar and being able to talk how, you're, how you should talk right. just all the time. And Go ahead. And, um, yeah, I'm glad you say that. And we'll take it a step further, so... How, what do you see that other races of people do? And what is their perception of intelligence, gaining intelligence, education, and things of that nature? So I'll start first. Um, obviously, I grew up in a very diverse town. Right. And uh, there's, definitely, there's definitely a very stark difference. And actually, it was a difference in testing levels. And, you know, a lot of stuff went through my school right. uh, because of that. But... Uh, there's a very big difference between how the black kids, how they operate in the school system versus how white, Hispanic, Asian, and all the other races, you know, uh, go through the schooling and things like that, right? conduct themselves. And the gist of it is as simple as this, is that black people in the school, they didn't take education as serious as... There are white counterparts, or Asian counterparts, and everyone else, right? right. So, um, and then that's when you see, you know, the first time you go over a white person's house or someone of a different race, and that's when you see all these weird rules that you never heard of. It's like, oh, I got to do my homework first before I, I can, you know, go outside you, and play you, you or can see like that, that, right? You can see that in the black community. Though. Yeah, and I'm not saying that it's never happened. I'm not saying that. But more what I'm saying is it's too often and it's too big that it has to be addressed. Is that... Black people, we have to keep motivating ourselves and keep being in that mindset is that you need to take schooling seriously. Right. You know, it's right. not just about the sport that you're in. It's not just about the external stuff. You need to take schooling just as serious. And just like how you're talking about external forces, it's like it's the same mindset we've always had. We never had the best of anything. It's never been like that. And we're going to keep fighting for it. And I want to keep fighting for that. But at the same time, with what you have... That's the beauty of black people in itself. We're resilient people. So right. all we're all we're trying to do is shed a light is that we've always been resilient people. 
we just need to increase our focus in right, this aspect because that. this is where the whole self-realization, the self-growth. I have to sit down with myself and realize that, man, what can I do to help? You know, and what I found is that the smarter I get, allow me to increase wealth, increase power, increase status to get into a real position to where I can look back and it's like, I need that. I want to help people. Right. I want right. to build other people. Yeah, I want to build other people. Up, but not just for athletics. I want to. I don't want to build a basketball court. I want to build a library. I want to mm-hmm. build knowledge and places of information because that's where our counterparts are doing. They have all this tutoring. They have all these things that they have available to them. They have the infrastructure that allows them and makes learning easier for them and allows them to accelerate. And I'm pushing for black people to do the same. So I'm gonna push back on you a little bit, right? Okay. Because you if we have to set the table in terms of realizing like we, we've talked about the external factors being a, a huge part. And I know the main focus of this will be the self, right? We talk about within the black community. And I think right. that's important, right? We do need to focus on but we have to set the table with external factors, right? And we could go with the Martin Luther King quote of, it's a cruel jest to ask the bootless man to pull himself up by the bootstraps, right? Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that, when we talk about intelligence and we talk about race and we talk about, you know, the systemic failure for black people, we're talking about black communities and poor, you know, poorly invested communities, right? Poor schooling. We talk about the education, right? And this has happened over a, a decade of years. So when we talk about other races, whether it's the Asian race, and we're talking in generalities, but or the the white races, right? We they are in prone to be in better situations when we talk about financials, and financials always lead to better situations for better neighborhoods, which is better schooling, right? It's right. just a direct correlation. So let's set the table there. And I want to say that because it's important that we understand that even though like two things can be true, right? And I say that because the systemic failure has gotten us to this point, right? Right. right. It's gotten us to this point. So you're talking about hundreds of years of having to overcome, and we're just now getting overcoming. You understand, like, 1969 ain't that, you know, far off when we talk about civil rights movement, right? right? Mm -hmm. And there's so many educational acts, and we still are fighting for our lives when we talk about getting into... Right, so when we talk about education, like, we are behind the curve, not by our fault, not by, you know something in our brain where we're not able to attain the you know it's because of 400 years of slavery and segregation and poor education systems because of poorly invested into the communities predominantly black communities so we have to recognize that that is a fact right 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 and some people can't overcome so and i say that be because i use my own experience for example like i was well off enough to where I was in a good education system, but that's not the case for everybody. And I know a lot of my homeboys who actually have or hold intelligence that wasn't able to get the same education I was or wasn't pushing away, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of external things. And I just want to set the table because I don't want to act like this is all on us. We This, what is, this is the, the problem and how we move forward. And we have to look within, but I want to make sure that we acknowledge that there's certain things that is out of our control that we gotta, we're trying to push forward with and trying to work with people so we can get the better education for these predominantly black communities. Yeah, so I'm glad you said that. All right. So what I would say to that is that we all understand the external. Actually, as a community, we've done a great job of identifying every single avenue of the problem externally, internally, all that, right? Right. right. But let's just get down to the general, right? Let's just get down to the basics. Is that one, learning and intelligence and education first starts from the house, right? Mm-hmm. It starts from the parents. The parents pass on the knowledge, they pass on the culture, they pass on the mindset, they instill it into their kids, and then the kids go out into the institutions and further along what that is. So, what I would say to what you're talking about, I do agree with everything you said, but I would also like to add. It's kind of the argument of what comes first, the chicken or the egg. Right. Right? So my my big point and what I really want to convey is that if you're listening to this and you're hearing this, it starts with you. Right. Right? And we understand that external forces is nothing that we're discounting in this argument, but it starts with you. And then when you end up having your own family, 
having your own children, your children's education is going to start with you. There's so many black people that I've met in my life, great people, but you can just tell or through conversation, you can understand that a lot of where their failures come from is it started in the house. Right. Is that they weren't taught the right things. Maybe they don't even know their history. You know, it's a shame that there's a lot of people who barely even know anything about themselves. But outside the basics, Martin Luther King, uh, uh, Malcolm X, slavery. Those are right. the three things. They don't know anything else. They don't know about Africa at all. They don't know about their ancestry, anything of that nature, right? And I'm blessed that we all do, and we've taken that time to learn that knowledge. But I push back in the sense that that starts in the house. You start off learning your culture. You start off learning your basics. And then that's going to carry over into the institution. And it doesn't matter what the institution is going to do. If the family builds that mindset and then the community builds that mindset is that we're going to take care of each other first. Right. And that's how we start. Then the external forces, they can only push so far. And, against and, a unit, and I'm and I'm in agreement with you. And I and I my only pushback was because we can't say things without context, right? Yeah, a lot of things need context, and I say that be because and when we talk about parenting and everything, and I'm gonna let you go on, but uh, everything is a case by case thing, right? Every black community isn't poor. Every you know every black kid is not you know dumb. Every yeah. black kid is not intelligent. But you can say the same thing about white people, about Asian people. You can say the same thing about every you know group. We're talking in generalities, right? But I just wanted to set the table in terms of context because that is a huge factor. And we're talking about, and you know, as the conversation moves forward, is what we can do with them, right? And one thing I want to say is that when we, when you brought up, uh, I want to say you brought up uh, investment for like tutoring and stuff like that, right? Like when we talk about poor education, right? Like, the, and we talking in these these poor schools where where you know that's in predominantly black neighborhoods, how can they afford that? How can they afford the tutors? How can they afford to pay their teachers? Like, there's so many issues within it, and I just want to set the context before we move along within itself because that plays a role as well. Like, yeah. we got to set the full table before we're able to eat, right? So I'll let you go on, bro. All right, well, I'm thinking, like, just through my experiences, because I am black and I am, and I do have a white mom, like, I have both the best of both worlds, I like to say, because... I, I would go through with my black family and I would have completely different experiences with my, my with my white family. Right. It could be from like going to church and the different religions. It could be me just going to have Thanksgiving or just anything like that, any event. It was always like the black community, I feel like they, would, they wouldn't ask about like how you doing in school and things like that. It would always be, well, what are you playing? Like, what sport are you in now? How are you doing in that? Like, when are those games? It's never oh, well, how are you doing in school? Like, what do your grades look like? What classes are you taking? Things like that. Mm -hmm. But then when I would go with my white family, I feel like they would ask me about school first, and then they would say, well, how are you doing in sports? Like, when are the next games? They would always ask about school, and I feel like I didn't get that on both sides of my family. And that's not, like, knocking my black family, because obviously I know they care about me, and I know they feel just as much as my white family does, and they want me to be great and be successful, and they just assumed that that's how I was going to be. Right. Just by how my dad is and just how weird like my family raised me like my mom and dad raised me and i but, think i think i'm glad you brought that up because we talk about i think it's a black problem because not by our fault but it's a little bit conditioning right when you have yeah. years of years of let's just call it spade a spade when we talk about athletics well every most of the major sports is dominated by black people right so when i turn on the tv screen i see people that look like us right right so i think we've conditioned to believe you know, that the first thing that popped in my mind, like, for example, when we look at Hale or BJ, I imagine at some point in their lives, they probably said, oh, he a big kid. What sport do you play, right? And right. you might not even play a sport. He might, you know, and if you didn't know BJ from a can of paint, you'd be like, oh, he plays football, this, and the third. But he holds so much intelligence, right? right. I think we've, condi we've been conditioned for so many years to believe that our physical stature and appearance is, is conducive of us playing a particular sport because of the perception of you know black people playing athletics when right. we turn on TV. Yeah, so let's transition to that. Let's talk about uh, the point that I've written down here is it's a lack of guidance. I feel like so we're going to talk about how has the lack of guidance in the black community affected the black community as a whole, right? So I'll start off first. Um, 
you know, as you see now, this is a very popular thing. You'll see a lot of rappers and quotes and things like that, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of what they're saying, some of it's valid, some of it's like, eh, but the real deeper message and what I see in that is that we put so much faith, so much guidance, so much respect into these these entertainers that are only probably 25, 27. You know, where where's the older black person? Where's the elderly? Where's right, where's, where's the, the years older? of experience that we can all look up to and we can pull quotes from there, right? So we'll start with Barack Obama, right? Mm-hmm. That was one of the really great things about the president about the presidency, whether you liked them or not, one of the great things that you saw, you saw an older black man succeeding. And you saw what intelligence, what grace, you know, how to conduct yourself. You saw that on a national scale as a black person. And that was very empowering for a lot of people, right? right. That showed he didn't spit any bars. And he was a normal guy. He did normal things that you would, you know, listen to music, normal music, music that I would listen to and things like that, right? right. I saw myself into him, right. right? And I think that's part of the guidance is that we don't have that higher leadership that we can look up to you to be like, I need help. Uh, maybe I don't know what's going on. You know, I need to think about it, you know, and we don't have that example. All we have are people that are just a little bit older than us and they're making the same mistakes that we are making. Right. There's so it's almost wrong, like, like the blind are. leading the blind in that regard because everyone's still trying to figure it out. Right. Right. And then to add on to that, you look at the household, right? There's a stark difference in two-parent households and raising kids and a single family, right? So, Trey, both of your parents stayed and, you know, they're both living in one roof, right? My parents separated, Mm -hmm. but I still have a great relationship with my dad. Shout out to my pops. (laughs) (laughs) Love the guy. Uh, But, and same thing with Jordan. You know, Jordan grew up in kind of a single family-ish, but still had a great relationship with his father. But... Those are stark differences, and you see the difference is that, you know, maybe your parents have to work harder so they don't have more time to really give you the clear guidance, the education, the investment, and things like that because they're still trying to make it. And that has also been very detrimental to raising the youth and bringing us up. And I just want to end on this, and then I'll let you go ahead, is I, I just think it's very sad that, you know, there's so many people growing up and... Their parents teach them about everything under the sun, about, you know, maybe sex or things of that nature, but they never once had a conversation about finances. Right. They never told them about the real stuff, the hard stuff. It's like, you know, maybe your, your parent owned a business. It's like, this is how you scale up business. This is how you do this, right? And I see that a lot in our community is that we need more guidance. And right. that's a push on the older people. The older people need to look down at us and they need to invest more and be like, we want to see the best of you like we saw the best in our generation. And so there's a couple points that I want to make, man. And my first point in saying that when we talk about how parents teach, right? And parenting is super hard. There's no one way of doing it. And even if you think you're parenting the right way, there's no like book on it and how your kid will turn out, right? right. And so when we talk about the black community... And we talk about what is being taught from household to household. How do you, how do you teach somebody finances or anything that is you know you're able to applicate into the world when you've never been taught that? Nor can it apply to yourself. That's cruel. Like we talk about that cruel jest. How can I ask something to my mother that she wasn't taught, right? And I understand wanting to be the best parent. You know, set the table for your your kid to be better than you. Right. And I get that. But then again, we have to be responsible enough to understand that it wasn't our parents and our grandparents grew up in a time that's unlike vastly different from ours. Like we deal with racism and stuff like that. Right. But if we go back 50, 40 years ago. Right. This country looked vastly different. And we talk about just in education terms. And so we can't really fault them. Right. And when we talk about black leadership and we go into our second point, we go to 08 when Barack Obama was elected. I think what that did for the black community was so great because it gave a lot of people hope, right? It's the first time that I think we received somebody in supreme leadership that looked just like us. And it was actually like, for the first time, like we felt like we could attain that. Right. Like, whoa, we could be in position of power. And I'm talking about even for the younger generation. How many, you know, times have we seen, I know my grandpa cried 
like bawling his eyes out to see that because we had never seen that right. because of, you know, the whole situation we've had in America and being oppressed and all of that. And what I want to say as well in my last point, when we talk about single parent households, whether it's a single father or a single mother, because shout out to the single fathers as well, right? They're out yes. there as well. And when we talk about those households, and I understand the importance of having two in the household, right? And I understand that it is a problem in the black community. That's that's true and evident, right? But when we talk about intelligence and education, I feel as though that my mom, and especially in my experience, my mom pushed me in a way and was motivated in a way that I've never seen before. And I, if you've been around black single mothers, bro, y'all don't understand how strong of a woman that is mm-hmm. to not only try to teach somebody how to be a man that is not that you know she can't even relate to but also make sure that you're well within yourself to go out into the world and do anything that you want to want to accomplish whether it's athletics or academics right that's a hard ask that's a hard ask and my mom put me in position and to be able to attain the knowledge that you know and and put me in good position, but but because she worked so hard for that, right? So right. I, so the knowledge that I attained in going to college and getting a degree, like this is the least I can do for her. This is the least for all the work that she had put in for me, right? But I do understand the broken home. When we talk about the broken home and how the importance when we talk about intelligence and you know the upbringing, I get that. But the situation is what it is. So if you got a single parent household and if you're a single parent and it start with our generation, even if we become single parents, if we want to mend our relationships to have two parent households, because it start with us right. to teach and preach intelligence. It's upon us to research. Right. Mm-hmm. And give our kids more, you know, uh, you know, knowledge about, you know, black empowerment or a lot of stuff about our real black history and then moving forward in the world and how you got to conduct yourself. So I feel like we, we also have to talk about. The, the, the energy that these single parent households put in because it's remarkable and we can't really understand that until you're in that position. So I agree with you about just having people in power and like having people in positions to do things. But I think as like our generation as a whole, we have to take initiative when we start having kids to build them up and like and ingrain that intelligence and ingrain those things and teaching the youth about like being in power about finances, about more stuff than just sports and just relating that to that. Like we we should also be setting an example for what we need to be doing. We should be going to college. We should you don't even have to go to college, just being Running successful. A trade, yeah. Right. Doing businesses, like doing things to advance your life and working on that self growth and having that. And once you have that, then you can start teaching that to the younger people. Right. And I think you give it off to the next generation, which is the whole point of, you know, giving off to the next generation to set the table for them to live a more prosperous life than what we had. Right. Right. And the gist of it is, is that you're submitting to a higher purpose. So I had this talk with my mom. So shout out to my mom because <laughs> she listens to this and uh, she would definitely want to shout out. Uh, so I had this conversation with my mom and I, I explained to her, I considered it a uh, generational step. Right. So we're talking about generational curses and things like that. Generational wealth. Those are all big terms in the black community. Right. Well, part of that is what's called a generational step. And that's what I was explaining to her. So it's like what you did in your life was a step above what your what your mom did in her life. Right. Mm -hmm. And what your mom did in her life. She made sacrifices to put you in the position to have a better life, right? Right. And we need to maintain, we need to accelerate that mentality, if anything. And then at the minimum, maintain the what we're doing in that regard is that my mom, she went to college, right? Mm-hmm. She graduated and she went through and she, you know, obviously incorporated and things like that. And, you know, she's lived a good life and everything like that. And she's still alive and <laughs> everything's going well. But she put me in a position to where I can have a significantly better life than what she has had. And right. that is a generational step. And that is one thing that needs to be processed in people's head. Not everyone's going to get rich quick. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing. That's a big thing for everyone. I'm not going to say just black people. That's a big thing for everyone. You know, all these little things, the, uh, you the know, gimmicks, flip houses, all that, you know, all, all that stuff. stuff, right? And I don't knock people on their hustle and what they want to do. But you also have to understand is that 
just like how we've been struggling for this long, it's still going to take a long time to get it out. So you just have to make it incumbent on yourself to submit to that higher purpose of what's best for the community, what's best for your children, and put yourself, it's not just all about me. It's about whole. And when we start thinking about whole like that, that's when we really start to elevate. And I'll even add this story onto it. Um, my brothers went to Illinois State. Mm-hmm. Right. And talking about knowing history, this is a really cool thing. Uh, when the black people start to get integrated into Illinois State, the school wouldn't allow them to have dorms or to be in the dorms and be there with the white kids. So the black people in that town allowed those college kids to stay at their house. Right. So they had a place to sleep. They were able to get their studies in, and they did their part. And then, obviously, when they graduated, they went back and produced. But that type of mentality right there, I think that's something that's been lacking recently. And I think that's something we need to push back. It's that you hear a story like that, that would never happen today. Or that is such a crazy thing to think about happening today. But that's what they did because they understood that's our generational step, right? right? Me allowing this kid to come in and be able to get the higher education. Now you see the result of that. So many more educated black people, so many more people in higher levels of business, you know, owning their own business, entrepreneurs and things like that. But that all started because in that town specifically, and then obviously on broader scales is that those people work together. They're like, I may not know you, but we're both of the same race. We're both of the same culture. I want to help you too, because when you succeed, we will all succeed. And everyone needs to have that mentality. Right. And that's why I call us the generation of change, right? Because we are, when we talk about black people, especially, and not even just black people, we can just take our generation as a whole, right? We we have seen so many movements, right? We've seen the feminist movement, right? Which was, you know, before our time. But we see so many black empowerment movements. We see legislation, like legislation getting changed slowly, but right. surely, like, it, you know, we see some progression, but there's a lot of steps to keep going. But that's why I say our, our, we call, uh, call us the generation of change because... We are put in the best position to give off the knowledge that is needed for the next generation to build upon. And I say that because we're the next generation to have kids. We're 22, 23 years old, right? We're talking about in the next, you know, five to 10 years, right? Having children of our own, right? And so what is it going to look like when we, you know, that's why we started this podcast is, and we, our target audience is this, 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 this generation because... We're the next ones up, right? right? And we have to make sure that we are in the right mindset and we have the right mentality when it comes to parenting in terms of giving off the knowledge or setting the table in a way where they can elevate, right? And not and breaking generational curses or breaking, you know, some like some things that we've seen prevalent within the black community so far, right? Because now we have more to work with. And I say that because we as a whole have to have change like there's no there's no if ands or buffs about it right like we there it's we we are so in dire need of change that elevation within ourselves is prominent and it needs like it's imminent it has to be imminent and when the next generation comes up when we have our kids they have to understand that we we gave them the opportunity to build upon something that we when we were in our situation we took advantage of, right? right? And I think now this is the best time when we see black elevation. And but it's a you know, it's imperative on us to give off that knowledge to the next generation and speak of it in a positive light and not reinforce those negatives like stigmas and stereotypes. Yeah. Um so let's let's work, let's put it all full circle, right? And I asked this question and I think this is a very important question to ask and discuss. I would like to know. Let's say we get our golden ticket, right? Right. Everything starts going right. For some, for some reason, an act of God, right? The government's just like, okay, we want to, we want to help you, and we're actually going to help this time. We're actually going to do something, right? And they come down and like, okay, what do you need? And we're just going to give it to you, no questions asked. Don't don't care about the money, anything, the land, whatever. What do you want? We'll we'll give it to you, right? Let's work in that dream scenario for a second here, right? I want to ask the question, at the current state of where we are right now, would that external help 
benefit us long term as of now? So this is a loaded question because the immediate response is yes. But let's break it down. All right. The most important thing for the black community and the most important thing that's going to accelerate us further is structure. Mm-hmm. There has to be some sort of hierarchy. You know, that's where we're talking about the elders teach the young, the youngs rise up, you know, get, right. they and do better, they you know, that generational step that's bringing it all together, right? There has to be some form of structure and community to begin with, right? Because right now, a lot of people, I'm not throwing people on the bus, but a lot of people are acting as individuals and not as a community, right? So right. let's work with that logic, all right? The government comes down, it's like, we're going to give you reparations. We'll start with the money. It doesn't matter the amount of money. It's going to benefit a lot of people, but you will find because the lack of structure and the lack of knowledge, financial and all that stuff, then within 50 years, within the next generation, within two generations, you'll be right back when you started because there's no structure. There's no one there to say, you have the money. This is what you should do. No, it's I get the money. Now I want to spin. I want to flex. It's all this stuff that's not going to matter to anything. And that's a very strong point that I want to make. I'm not saying that external help is going to do nothing. I'm not saying it's not going to benefit anyone. It definitely is. But my argument is that we want to, we think long term, mm-hmm. not short term. I want to think the long term. I want to think of permanent fixes, right? Right. How could that permanently or how can that help us permanently or long term if we don't have the initial structure and that starts internally. Right. And building on what you were saying is that I think that if we have, say we do have reparations, say we do have somebody who comes down and says, all right, what is your dream scenario? What can I do for you? That'll only last for so long just because we don't have the structure like you were saying. We just, we just going to think about, okay, well, I'm good now. I got this money. I got this check. Let me go buy a car. Let me go buy some shoes. Let me go buy a chain. All that other stuff. We don't have the let's invest in something or let's start a business or let's build that generational wealth. Let me make sure that my kids are well off even if I don't even have kids yet. Right. It's all about what can I do now and that instant gratification that we're so accustomed to in this generation. And it goes back to conditioning. We could just go back to conditioning. We've been conditioned over a period of time to because of glorification or when we see ourselves, like you, like you said, when we talk about black entertainments and like it's so widespread and prevalent, right? But we've, that's the only thing that we can see, right? And like when we talk about intelligence and how that's not praised as we would like it to, like when we watch the TVs, we see the artists, like the little babies and this, that, and the third, right? So if I'm a young kid, we gotta, we gotta remember when we were young, how impressionable we were. Like, right. Well, I'm the biggest fan of LeBron, but I wanted to be just like him until I wasn't 6'8", 260. And I understood that <laughs> it was... that quick. <laughs> you learned that quick. <laughs> but it was another avenue for me. And like I said, it's a, you can't really fault the whole community because, okay, you throw... If I throw $1,000 towards a fool and tell him to go start a business and he, had, he knows nothing, that's cruel on my part. Yes, I gave you can't you can't make it seem like you're doing a benefit if you're not attaching the steps on the ways to do that. Right. Because we've lacked that because of this, you know, how the system has been and what it's been for black people. So I can't just throw money. You can't just pay off people. You can't just say here, you know, take this and do what as you please and then hope that they elevate on their own. Right now, we are we in a better position to do that now more than ever. Yes. But we still lack in a lot of areas to if even if you do have more investment, right? Like there is outside help that we need, right? And I think internally, there's a lot of things that we have to work on. We talked about the stigmas, right? Reinforcing negative stigmas and elevating intelligence and praising people that are doing things outside of entertainment, right? And I think that's a thing that we have to work on within the black community. But when we talk about widespread education, that's a whole system problem. When we talk about the system, you gotta bring out externals because we are not, we're the minorities for a reason. We're not in positions of power like we should be when we talk about equity and equal footing. Right. And so you have to account for that. You can't just throw money. You can't just say here and go off and do whatever you please because we've been conditioned for so long. Right. And we There's need no outside point. help to an extent. To an extent. Right. And it has to be in good faith and genuine, but I do think it's a pairing between races and a bridging that is needed because ultimately, when we talk about unification and uplifting, it's gonna come 
all together, right? We yeah. need everybody. We need to lift ourselves up, but to get to equity, we need everybody else to lift us up while we're lifting ourselves up as well. Right, and and this is important too because it, it's like we said at the beginning, it's that people don't people stop at the external. And then that's it. And then it's done. It's like, oh, well, the government didn't do this and then that. And it's because this happened in 1922 and all that stuff. Right. And we got it. We got all that stuff and we agree with all that stuff. Right. But you stop at the external and then look internal. And that's part of what we were talking about with the self-actualization in our previous podcast is uh, our previous episode. It's that. There's so many outside forces, even with self-actualization, there's so many outside forces that you may know about or you can't even account for, right? But it still starts with yourself at the end of the day. It still starts with you and your wake-up call and your self-awareness and then you going out and actually doing the work. So the importance of this conversation, we don't devalue, we'll never devalue the outside. And... But we do want to shed light on the internal because, again, even with 100% outside help, if you've done no work, it doesn't matter what they give you or what they can do. Eventually, it's going to get taken away because you have nothing internally to withhold everything that you're being given. You know, it's kind of like the idea with the lottery, how people win billions, millions of dollars and all of that stuff, right? But at the same time, they go broken like five years and 10 years because there's no foundation. And that that's what I want to stress and bring home is that at the end of the day, you have to bring it inside of yourself to create your own foundation and to then spread that foundation with everyone. And then once as a whole, we get that foundation, then any outside help, it's going to be exponentially better. We're going to maximize everything we have because we're already together. Right. right, and as we transition into those these, these the final solutions. thoughts, right, right. So we talk about yes. the solutions, right? So I'll, I'll I'll ask it as a question. So what can you do as an individual to help and to benefit what's going on and to try to improve on the black community? Because again, we're all on the same team. We may not have the same idea, but we all Everybody have the same. Everybody has a mission. Yeah, we all want what's best, and we all want for everything to improve. Right. So. What do you think as an individual that you can do? What are the steps you think you can take that so, would benefit everyone? So on an individual basis, it's like when we when we have these discussions within our friend group, and it starts when we talk about the individual, we have to we have to beat the drum as hard as we do for glorifying athletes as much as we glorify the intellects, right? So I have a friend that plays D. I have a lot of friends that play D1 ball, but I have a lot of friends that are engineers and stuff like that. For you, for example, you, I got another friend that like, he's like all over the place. He has so many crazy businesses, right? But I put them on equal footing, right? And that's where it starts. And when we talk about people's lanes is different. So if you want to become an athlete and rapper, I'll, I'll support that, right? But we have to put that same energy into the same thing when we talk about people that want to go a different route and when we talk about intellect or going anywhere when we're talking about corporate America. So it start with that. And individually, we have to stop like and and it starts on a on a, on a group and an individual like conversation, like one on one conversation type thing. We have to stop allowing black people to put ourselves down. In, a con- in an unconscious, conditioned manner. And what I mean by that is what we talked about. Like, you speaking white because you're speaking in a more proper tone or, you know, in a certain type of way, right? And I understand that conditioning, and it's hard to break that, right? It's hard to break old habits, and that's right. generational. But we have to stop each other and like, hey, bro, that's, that's not it, right? I'm speaking in this way in the educational or intellect terms, it's not dust. We can't associate it with the race. And it start by doing that, right? Continuous conscious thinking and how we praise things have to be on equal footing. I'm not saying don't support your friends at entertainment, but support the same people that's going off and doing their own thing in terms of going into intellect type of work or corporate America jobs. Somewhere you get a higher degree. We have to hold them on equal footing in terms of praise and and preach intelligence because everybody won't be an entertainer. And everybody the, won't play athletics. And building on what you were saying is that, like, when we're doing that and when we're building up people and we're putting everybody on equal footing, we have to boost. Like you said, we have to boost 
people who are being engineers like you are, Hill, or people who are going to be doctors, lawyers, things like that, just as much as we praise LeBron or Kobe or one of those or somebody like Tiger Woods, just anybody who is building who is building within themselves and like advancing their life. And we also like as we're lifting people up, we also have to surround ourselves with people who are gonna lift us up and surround yourself with good company. It's all, there's always that saying is you are who you hang out with, like you you're your friend's keeper and things like that like we have to be making sure that the people we're surrounding ourselves with are the people that are advancing our life people that bring something that we don't have in our life maybe it's a new perspective maybe it's somebody who will play catch with you like anything like that in sports or maybe it's somebody you study with read with like listen to watch podcasts with like we've been doing a lot recently right and one of the things um that i would like to add is again not everything is extreme. Not everything's black and white. Two things can exist at the same time, right? So we're not saying you can't buy the things that you want to buy or anything like that, right? But you need to have your purpose in mind and you need to have a very positive force in mind that's just as important as just as outward as maybe the other things that you want to do. Maybe you want the nice car, the shiny thing, you know, all that other stuff that you would like to do, right? Both of those can exist at the same time, right? right? And again, this is, we're pushing the narrative. This is what we're doing. We're not saying it's never happened before, that we've never said something nice about someone who's getting an education or anything like that. We're not going to lie to you. We've definitely seen it. But what we're saying is we want to push it. I want it to be more. I want it to be louder, right? Because like... Like I said now, it's a loud minority right now. Mm-hmm. Is that it seems like everyone's thinking this, but in reality, it's not a lot of people. So that just means the real majority needs to talk louder, needs to be louder, needs to show out louder, right? As many rappers, I let's say it's a challenge, all right? If you ever put up a post or a quote of a rapper or anything of that nature, I want you to put up two posts from a black intellectual between who's alive now or somewhat of in the past, right? right? I want you to do an all Black History Month, and you'll you'll learn there's so many Black intellectuals that you've probably never heard of that have existed and continue to exist right now that you don't know, and that's going to be a new learning thing. Because again, we always stick with the basics: Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, w- slavery, W. E. B. Boyd. Yep, but push the narrative. Deep, dig deep, dig further, you know, find quotes that are only from people who have lived in Africa. Find quotes only from African kings, you know, things like that. Keep pushing, all right? Don't put your foot off the gas pedal. Right, and, right. I, and I think when we talk about that and, and just to wrap it up, and we, uh, when you talked about, when you mentioned, uh, Trey, about surrounding yourselves with, you know, a group that's, applicable to where you want to be right surrounding yourself with the right group and the only thing i will say with that is that you do want to do that right i can't hang around certain people that i used to because of the circumstances i'm in right Right. and that's understandable right you got much more to lose than a lot of other people right that are not in the same situation for whatever reason that may be but my challenge is if we talking internally you know elevating ourselves is once you got a group that's you know, motivated in a way to attain certain things on an intellectual level, bring somebody else along, bro. Because it can't, we can't be selfish enough to say, okay, this group is good, but right, everybody I'm else, good. we good, it right? Is what they do. That's that. That's that's another failure in itself, right? We can, we have we we have the responsibility if we gonna gain knowledge and we acknowledge that we need to like we need more knowledge and intellect within the black community to be passed off then it's our responsibility to give that as well. We can't be selfish and hoard it just to say, oh, we made it and we overcame these obstacles so they can. Our lives is vastly different from everybody on a case to case. So we have to invest back into the people and bring them along so that we are able to be in a better position moving forward, right? Right. And then one thing I got for you guys is like, what do you think would be like, how would we go about bridging all of our communities so that way we don't have to have that just race intelligence at all. We can abolish that almost. So part of the disdain that I see a lot of really stems from the fact that uh, a lot of people really don't know their own culture 
They don't know their own history. So seeing someone from the other side, of, meaning of a different race, and how they talk and how they conduct, and you can tell it's the culture is just flowing right out of them, right? Right. It can be very intimidating. It can make you feel very negative about the person and things of that nature. So I would say it starts with yourself. Is that be comfortable with yourself, love yourself, and then know your own culture, right? So then when you go out and you start bridging, it's a transfer of culture. It's not you just learning what they know and you're not giving anything back. It's equal trade. It's that every experience you're both sharing something. Right, and I'll close off with this, is that when we talk about this this bridging of the gap between races and the elevation, right? And now we're talking externally. And me and you have talked about this hell, right? And this might trigger a lot of people. But I used to think, like, okay, when we talk talking black empowerment, right, and we talk about internally elevating ourselves, and we, we understand that, that is a, that's something that we need to work on, right? But to reach the ultimate goal, we need everybody in on this. And I just talked about this, right? And me and Hale were thinking about, like, how many times do you think it was, like, a person from another race, say, like, a white person, right, that wanted to help in some type of way, but... We thought that because they were white and we had a stereotype so towards they them that they help. were like they could not even that they couldn't help, but that we didn't want their help. We declined their help. And we have that's a form of self-sabotage because ultimately the goal is to get to a certain place. Now, the internal work has to come from all black people. So I get that. But if we reach in the ultimate goal, right, that has to be hand in hand with all races. So we can't want equity and exclude other people because we need them to reach where we want to go. It's a whole thing because of the power structure, right? So we have to bridge the gap and I think the mentality has to change and we can't view every white person as racist or having negative stereotypes. We understand that the culture is different and they might not understand where we come from, right? But not everybody, just like we don't like negative stereotypes about us, we have to apply the same thing to other races as well because there are good people at every other race that's willing to help in any type of way and we can't shun them because of our own mentality or because of past things because ultimately we're trying to move forward and we're not trying to move back and our elevation is not we're not going to reach the ultimate goal just within that's going to be the huge part we're going to need help along the way from the people that are in you know these power structures right? right and so i think this was a great great season finale i think this is something that we all needed to talk about because we living in, you know, with you being going in your field, you being an engineer, me being a psychologist, you want to be pre-med and all that. I'll, more power to you, bro. <laughs> but um, before we wrap this up, man, I um, want to give a shout out to uh, Mark Hicks, yes, our sir. sponsor, man. Um, you can follow him for all your exclusive sneaker drops, releases, pre-orders. Um, you can follow him at MarcoPolo23 on Instagram, or you can follow his uh, business page at, at Mark Hicks Vault. And his, uh, what is he? Does he have five? Yeah, he has five. He has yeah, five, five, locations. five, five locations. Yep. So I and think growing, growing. So he got two locations in Omaha: one in West Roads, one in Oakview, one in Jordan Creek Mall in Des Moines, one in Empire Mall in Sioux Falls, Iowa, and then I think one in Colorado Mills. So kick like he has these all these exclusive right, shoes in the vault. I won't do it. I love you, Mark Cakes, but I love my money a little bit too much. I'd rather just buy. From you, the shoes, then then try that. So I probably won't ever do it. But for those people that's out there that like to gamble and want some, like maybe like a five dollar, ten dollar draw on right. some pair of shoes, all for it. Again, hit them up for all the pre-orders on exclu- uh, exclusive sneaks, and uh, he'll get you right. right. He'll yeah. get you right for sure. And then uh, definitely, you know, follow the Instagram page at underscore men the podcast. Uh, yeah. So the season may be over, but. Put the notifications on. Still, you know, we're gonna keep you guys updated. There's still a lot more content that's gonna be thrown out. By announcements. This, yeah, not a lot more announcements, promotions, things of that nature. You know, this the season may be over, but it's not the end. Right. You right. know, this is gonna be an ever growing thing, and we're gonna slowly, slowly build this into a community. And for those of you listening, you know, bring a friend in, bring two friends in. You know. Bring someone to this because you never know what the like like what we realize when we talk. You never know what someone's going through. Right. And this may help them. This may give them the power that they need to maybe unlock something into their own life. 
Right, right. And accomplish things that they can accomplish and they didn't know that they could accomplish. And we really just appreciate everybody who's been listening, tuning in. We love all the feedback you guys are giving us. Keep keep that up. Like, we're always down for constructive (laughs) criticism, all that. We really appreciate everybody who's been listening. Right. And then the last thing I just want to say is is whether you, you agree with us or not for everything that we said through this episode and then through all episodes, you know, the most important thing is that we're starting the conversation. And I would challenge everyone to continue that conversation. You know, if you don't agree, what is your point then? You know, like, what do you, how do you feel about it? You know, start speaking what you think and start the conversation. Just like, that's how we started. We started the conversation. And and we're open to new perspectives, right? We don't want to be closed-minded because everything is fluid. Everything evolves. So with it, we we have to be willing to evolve with new perspectives, with new information. So, like I said, we appreciate the support. Um, be on the lookout for more content, a lot of promotions, a lot of stuff coming up for season two. I don't think y'all want to miss this, man. We appreciate y'all.